Welcome to Healthy Planet, Healthy You with Jimena Yanez and Lorenzo Rosenzweig. Over the next hour, you'll discover unique ideas and perspectives about how to improve your health and the planet as well. Now, here are your hosts, Jimena and Lorenzo. Welcome. Hello. Bienvenidos. Thank you for tuning in to Healthy Planet, Healthy You. I'm very excited to be co-hosting this show with my colleague and friend, Lorenzo Rosenzweig, to talk about human health, the environment, and the way they deeply relate. My name is Jimena Yanez. I'm an author, a health coach, a Reiki and biomagnetism therapist, and an environmental enthusiast. So great to be here. Thank you, Jimena. I am Lorenzo Rosenzweig. I have 40 plus years of experience experience in the field of nature conservation. I am also a writer, a photographer, a grandfather of six, and a watercolor artist. We meet in this space every week to talk about the environment on such key topics as climate change, food waste, ecosystems, and planetary limits to help you understand what is really going on considering there is a lot of conflicting information out there. If you want to make a difference in the world, but you don't know where to start, you are in the right place. <laughs> Let us tell you the story of how we got into this planetary crisis and what are the odds if we fail to act during the next 10 years. I am sure you are sick and tired of stories about environmental doom and catastrophe. And yes, we are heading towards ecological chaos, but chaos is also an opportunity for rearrangement, an incredibly opportunity for change. Many of us spend most of our lives pondering our choices, but never taking action. Just asking, what if? The good news is we are always ready for choices, for great choices. We must need to ask ourselves, where do I get started? Go ahead and ask yourself, is my mind resisting new choices? If you're resisting, the probable reason is that you don't want to fail. But the only way to never fail is never to try anything new. The opportunity for success comes from failure because failure grants us three things. The first one is learning opportunities to improve. The second one is that it gives us redirection to where we are meant to be. And number three is that it sets up for the next and improved chapter of our lives. There is an old saying that reinforces the importance of taking action staying true to our personal commitments and becoming the person we want to be. What I hear, I forget. What I see, I remember. What I do, I understand. Yes, Lorenzo, that, that is such a powerful statement. And I love the three things we can get from failure. Because failure is just practice, right? So the only way to become masters in something is to practice, practice, and practice. We also meet in this space to talk about your health and its connection to what you eat, as well as how both of them are linked to the state of the planet. It depends on how damaged is the environment you live in, but toxicity is constantly building up in your body. Furthermore, the internal and external stresses your body deals with every day also affect the toxic load in your body. We're here to offer you some ways to get rid of it and to live a healthier and happier life. We talk about the things, feelings, and future you want for yourself and how to be able to replicate this in your family, friends, and community. So what about doing a quick exercise? If you can, for example, if you're not driving, close your eyes and become aware of your breath. Feel how air enters and exits your body. Now, try to make the exhalation longer. So inhale 
and then a longer exhalation. As you do that, can you feel your heart? Is it beating fast? Is it beating slow? Now, keep your eyes closed and visualize yourself on the shore of a pristine lake. It's only you and nature. Maybe the snowed mountains and multicolored trees surrounding the lake are reflected in its mirror surface. You feel calm, you're breathing in and out. Then you grab a pebble from the ground and throw it as far as you can. The pebble reaches a point in the distance as it contacts the surface of the lake. So ripples start coming out from the center. Then you realize the pebble is your dream, and the first ripple is you. Your dream has reached far away, and you're also replicating that dream and yourself because you refuse to live an average life. You're willing to take risks and to believe in your future more than you believe in your past. So return to your breathing and slowly start moving your fingers. If you have your eyes shut, open your eyes in the count of three. One, two, three. So the stress of worrying is probably one of the things you don't want in your life. So the most important thing is to constantly shape and reshape the person you want to be. Everything you do is important. Even the smallest action, like doing some adjustments to your diet, can improve your current health condition and reverse negative environmental tendencies. Because you, the life you are living, everything that surrounds you and this planet are miracles. So let's start sharing this miracle with each other. Let's learn to cohabit the planet with other creatures and recognize we're in debt with future generations. As Lorenzo said, a saying, I'm also going to say a saying that goes, we didn't inherit the earth from our ancestors. We borrowed it from our children. Let's have a reason for living an extraordinary life. Lorenzo and I will also talk about the cost of inaction, so you'll have as much knowledge as possible to break free from the mainstream, see clearly, and make your own decisions. But before we keep going, let me tell you very quickly about Lorenzo. I met him 20 years ago, 28 years ago. And since then, he has been my friend and life mentor. I worked for him as a CFO of a Mexican environmental fund, which he successfully led for more than 26 years. And now we just start working again in another conservation organization, Terra Habitus. I've always admired his profound commitment and dedication to two things. One is helping people thrive and improve their quality life, their, their, their life quality. And the second one is his never-ending passion for this beautiful living planet. I would describe him as a people person. He's curious and kind. He has been my role model in many things. But if you ask me what is the one thing that I admire the most about him, I would have to say that I only know two grown-ups who have a childlike spark in their eyes. I'm thrilled by the way they observe the world because I see wonder, as if they were seeing it for the first time. So this is just amazing. They, they are always taking in and learning and seeing the good in everyone and everything. One is my brother Bernardo, and the other one is Lorenzo. Lorenzo, I am so thrilled we can do this together. Thank you, Jimena. So glad to co-host this with you. Most of you will agree that life presents wonderful loops, and I am closing my professional life cycle by working again with you. What a privilege. But let me tell you how I met Jimena. I met her in the most unique way. She applied for the accountant position at our newly incorporated environmental fund back in the mid-90s. I remember she arrived for the interview looking a little bit overwhelmed and distressed. <laughs> I asked her if she was okay. She told me that on her way to the office, she had been followed by a car. 
the guy driving the car, a complete stranger, told Jimena that he wanted to meet her. <laughs> she didn't know what to do, so she graciously said, thank you, and quickened the pace. He kept following her. Luckily, she was not far from the office. So, to Jimena's relief, in a couple of minutes, she found herself inside the safety of our office. To make her relax and feel better, I started a casual conversation. And as soon as she recovered, we started the interview. When we finished, I escorted her to the reception to say goodbye. <laughs> to my surprise, the reception desk was eclipsed by an enormous flower arrangement. There were at <laughs> least 48 roses. I asked the receptionist who those flowers were for. And with a great deal of astonishment, astonishment in her eyes, she pointed to Jimena. The roses were from the man that had followed her to the office and left a note saying she had taken his breath away. <laughs> At first, we were all confused by this very much Latino style approach. But as amusement started to take over the situation, we started laughing. The interview had gone well, and I knew I had to hire her. The rest is history. Uh, Lorenzo, yes. I must confess that was one of the oddest things that have ever happened to me. Um, I'm pretty sure you're wondering what happened to that guy. I never married him. I never met him. But it didn't hurt my interview. But among that strangeness, I felt that it as a good sign. Somehow I knew I was in the right place at the right time, and I couldn't wait to start working for you. <laughs> so thanks, Lorenzo, for bringing those memories back and putting a smile on my face. I was in my 20s back there, and I feel that 20s is a powerful age. It's when you feel and know that everything is possible. You hold the world in your hands and you feel unstoppable. I've heard people say that they could eat challenges for breakfast. And you know what? I have hope. I know we can change the world because we are bigger than our circumstances. And my deepest hope relies on people in their 20s, the Gen Z, this mind-blowing generation that was born demanding respect and questioning the status quo. I am very fond of this generation as my daughters are part of it. If you're in your 20s and something is bothering your mind, you don't rely on your parents or guardians as my generation and previous generations did. You handle your phones as if it was an extension of your hand, and you have Google and TikTok to keep you informed about the latest news and trends, and you don't hesitate to ask Siri or Alexa about anything that troubles your mind. But I think the most important thing is that if you're in your 20s, you know that questions have the power to change everything. And your heart and mind are filled with ideas and drive. So yes, I am convinced that if anyone can change the world, is a curious Gen Z. Definitely, Jimena. I agree. And that's why it is so important to, to talk about the things that are happening right now, things like planetary boundaries or limits, and how fast we are approaching or passing some of them, or what's a tipping point, and how fast are we getting to the point of no return. But first, let me go back a few centuries ago when human beings were living in times when everything on the planet seemed infinite and enough. Observing the vastness of this living planet during the last 100 years, our ancestors assumed that forests were everlasting, that the atmosphere would work endlessly as a molecular garbage recipient, that fresh water was a never-ending supply, that the seas, oceans, could sustain constant pillage, and that we could use our natural resources as a limitless solution for all our material needs. As if we could take from the planet's natural productivity, synthesize toxic compounds, and accumulate waste without consequences. Capitalism, as we know it, was born, and people believed that economic growth ought to be permanent, that it would, it would and should follow 
an ever-rising line of growth. The GDP was a concept conceived in the 1930s, and this is still used by government leaders around the world who think that the solution to their country's economic problems is more growth without paying attention, without paying any attention to the externalities or hidden social and environmental costs. Based on Professor Walter Rostow's theory, economic growth has five stages. And he has a publication from the 60s, but I would like to refer to that. Many other speakers and, and, and scientists have referred or people that deal with economy to this, to this uh, book. But let me guide you through the five stages that Mr. Rostow refers in his book. The first one is that we have, as a civilization, limited technology institutions and mindset. The second phase is when commercial exploitation of agriculture and the extractive industry appeared and the beginnings of the bank industry, mechanization of work, the belief that growth is necessary for national dignity or a better life for the children. That's when, when industrial revolution happened. The third one is development of a manufacturing sector, the concept of compound interest and growth as the normal condition. The fourth one is maturity of industry, no matter the limits of the natural resources. And five, high mass production and consumption where people can buy anything they want. But what do we do when the increase in real income itself has lost its charm? In, this, in his book, Rostow explains these five stages that have led us to a never-ending cycle of mass consumerism, but never answers the question he raised. So what do we do? We crave more income. We will retake this conversation about our economy, about, about capitalism, about GDP after a short break. <music> Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. If you care about your health, your children's future, and the planet's prosperity, Healthy Planet, Healthy You offers nature-based solutions for our own survival as a species. Your hosts, Jimena and Lorenzo, will point you in the direction of making better everyday choices for your health, the planet, and future generations. On the edge of intellectual, poetic, and spiritual perspectives, Healthy Planet, Healthy You. Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency Podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Healthy Planet, Healthy You with Jimena Yanez and Lorenzo Rosenzweig. Have a question for Jimena and Lorenzo or their guests? Join us on the show at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Well, we were talking about this idea of economic growth and its five stages. Our economy is based on the idea of unceasing economic output, whether, whether or not it makes people progress and thrive in prosperity. And why do we keep this model? As Kate Roward brilliantly says in her TED talk, we are financially, politically, and socially addicted to it. However, as with all living things, 
continued growth is unsustainable. Organisms grow to get to a point where they stabilize. That is the way nature works. That is the way the human body works. Think about this. Permanent growth is leading to increasing degradation because its mechanisms apply principles of life reductionism. And there is another component that adds to this imperfect equation. And that is that information people get to make informed decisions is very limited. Our purpose is to bring information and knowledge to you that will help reimagine progress and move towards a regenerative economy. And at the same time, improve your well-being. Yeah, Lorenzo, you're so right. I grew up deeply in touch with nature, so I always felt it as part of my life. Some studies show, however, that in countries like the U.S., kids only get to be outdoors for around 30 minutes every day. 50% of the population right now was born in cities, away from the countryside, and this number is expected to rise to 75% in some years. So right now we're experiencing, experiencing a massive loss of touch with nature. I remember I was in college when I started noticing that something was not right. I, I remember a group of students advocating for trash cans that would allow the school to separate waste. And I didn't understand why we would need separate, separate trash recipients for different kinds of waste. And most students did not have access to that information. So to my eyes and the eyes of many other students, this group seemed a little odd and extreme. The information was available just for a few people doing their research. But I was curious and I wanted to understand what was going on. So uh, someone explained to me that our modern life is and was back then, as you well said, uh, taking from the planet, transforming those materials into non-degradable compounds and producing lots of waste that couldn't be reinserted in the natural cycles of nature. So back then, the best solution was to separate waste so we could reinsert the degradable waste into the natural cycle through composting and contain the rest in sanitary landfills. That's why we had to separate waste. But as the population and consumption of good, goods have grown exponentially, solutions for the 1990s are no longer applicable, and a change in vision for economic growth is the only way out. So I, I want to share with you a story that I have told in a couple of interviews and has been well-received. So imagine you're lost in the deep woods. The night is falling and the shadows and sounds become strange and menacing to you. Who knows who's, what's out there? There could be, I don't know, bears or wolves. There could be streams of water and you could end up soaking wet and freezing. Maybe there, there are cliffs and you might end up rolling all the way down, getting really hurt. The woods suddenly became a very dangerous place because you are not familiar with that that surrounds you. Suddenly, it starts raining, and you know you must take cover to protect yourself from the cold, so you start looking for some place to spend the night. You keep walking and looking, looking and walking, and you start losing hope as the night is already upon you. Suddenly, you think your eyes are deceiving you because they caught something that brought you a little bit of hope. You keep walking towards it, and now you see it more clearly. It has the shape of a cabin. No, wait, it's a cabin. You start running towards it, shouting, help, help, hoping that someone will hear you. You get to the cabin, and it seems no one is there. You knock on the door, but all you get in return is the sound of the woods that surround you. You turn on your flashlight, and there is a doorknob, and it's not locked. So you come in and confirm no one is there. You point your flashlight to see what's in there. There is a pile of wood, an axe, a chair, a fireplace, and an old mattress. Then you remember the stories of cabins in the woods to aid lost hikers. This must be one of those. You hurry up and set up the wood in the fireplace. 
you manage to light up a nice fire and you sit in the chair on the chair in front of it. The warmth of the fire is making you feel better and safe. You feel at peace and protected and you start to doze off. Everything is okay now. But suddenly you wake up startled. Feelings of anticipation started crawling into your mind where you were sleeping. You're asking yourself, what would happen if I ran out of wood? I only have a few logs left. It's still late and several hours before sunrise, and you don't know if you will make it till the morning. You start looking around, thinking what to do. And then you notice it is a log cabin. Yes, you think, in case of an emergency, I can use the wood from the walls to keep that fire going on. Then it occurs to you that you could also use the structures that hold the roof. You keep looking at the fire and fear and worry start kicking your survival mode. So you start thinking you need to do something. You need to anticipate the worst case scenario. So you go ahead and start chopping off some of the walls. The wind starts coming from that side of the cabin and the logs start to consume faster. You keep on chopping to keep the fire going, but the wind is getting stronger. Now you realize that the only way to keep your fire going is to take another wall down. This frantic race for survival, you end up tearing apart one of the structures that hold the roof and part of the roof collapses on top of a mattress. You didn't notice in your stressed race against the wind, but at some point during the night, the rain turned into snow. Now you have wind and snow coming into the cabin And that fire is not enough to keep you warm. But you've destroyed the house that was providing security and shelter. And now you are exposed not only to the wind and cold, but also to any danger that might have been attracted by the racket you made. Wait, this is nonsense, you might think. I would never do anything as crazy as that. Well, think again, because this is not just what we're doing to the planet right now. We're doing this to ourselves and our children. And the sad part is that you might not even be aware because the truth is that in this massive communication era, reliable information and knowledge only reaches a few. So our story as inhabitants of this planet started as terrified creatures in a world full of dangers. We were the most vulnerable of animals, not very strong, not very fast, No claws, no sharp teeth, but we had a very interesting differentiator. We were equipped with something other animals didn't have. An amazing neocortex in our brains. We could think, we could learn, we could anticipate, we could create. And at some point in human development, we understood we could use nature to provide for us. And in the beginning, Our exchange with nature was harmonious and respectful, but as our fear of having something and then losing it started creeping into our minds, we switched from using nature as an ally to exploiting it. We're chopping the walls of our home, the planet, and in doing so, we're leaving ourselves vulnerable, unprotected, and chronically sick. We call ourselves Homo sapiens sapiens, which means a human who knows that knows because we're conscious of ourselves. We can analyze our thoughts and we are aware that we are aware. But it seems we have ignored that extraordinary ability as we keep following the mainstream for the benefit of a few people, information that only benefits a few. And with that, we have forgotten how to put our minds to work. Yes, Jimena, remarkable creatures we are. We can sometimes act in a very irrational way. And yes, I do believe there is a need for reliable information and knowledge at this very moment. Knowledge helps us in two different ways. 
to guide us to reverse the environmental damage and to allow us to go get back the most basic of human rights, be healthy and live happy, full and long lives. And you know what? There have been times when knowledge and collaboration have led to efforts that have had positive outcomes. One is the action taken to stop the degradation of the ozone layer that shields Earth from ultraviolet radiation. Yes. A scientist that played the pivotal role in this discovery was a Mexican scientist, Mario Molina Pasquel, who was co-recipient of the Nobel Prize in 1995. Scientists immediately brought attention to the threat of the Earth's ozone layer, and they did all the right things to make it into the public domain. The information scaled up in a very efficient and effective way. Governments and academia worked together to solve the problem, and we did it in a few years. There was a true commitment to making things right. In 1987, leaders from many countries came together and signed a landmark environmental treaty, the Montreal Protocol on Substances that Deplete the Ozone Layer. Today, more than 190 countries have ratified this protocol. The ozone layer has been stable since 1998 over most of the world, and the Antarctic zone is projected to return to pre-1980 levels in the next 40 to 60 years. This international achievement has saved millions of lives that would have been affected by skin cancer. By doing the right thing, we have protected the planet and our well-being, since UV radiation can damage sensitive crops and ecosystems as well. An example of the second is marine phytoplankton, which serves as the base of the ocean food chain. Additionally, since most ozone-depleting substances are also powerful greenhouse gases, replacing them with safer alternatives is slowing also climate change. We live on a very complex and interconnected planet. But going back to our oceans, another great success story is the recovery of different populations of whales, those gentle giants that roam the oceans. <clears throat> Humans hunted whales for thousands of years. The oldest records are from Norway and Japan and date back to 4,000 years. Traditional cultures like the Inuit, relied on whales to provide all kinds of material goods, which were also part of their cultural identity. European whaling endeavors spread to North America at the beginning of the 18th century. In the mid-1880, new technologies in harpoons and vessels made whalers much more effective, and the U.S. fleet, based on the East Coast, operated hundreds of ships that went as far as the South Atlantic and Indian Ocean. Scientists estimate that the number of whales harvested in early 1900 surpassed the number hunted in the last four centuries combined. Just no. think about that number. No. <gasps> as the numbers of the different whale populations dwindled, regulations and concerns came afloat through the International Whaling Commission and other institutions which slowly established whaling-free sanctuaries and commercial and a commercial whaling moratorium in 1982. Luckily for us and our children and grandchildren, there is now a significant recovery of the whale populations. The charismatic and melodious humpback, as well as the gray whale, a friendly giant that has fostered a vibrant tourism industry around whale sightings in the Pacific coast of Mexico, U.S., and Canada. Let me tell you that on several occasions, I had the incredible opportunity of visiting these gentle giants in their breeding grounds in Mexico, in the coastal lagoons of the Pacific side of the Baja California Peninsula. And let me tell you, it is a very spiritual and humble experience being with these giants. Going back to our blue and green planet, 
I will tell you that we humans have the concepts of limits all messed up. And by the way, also upside down. <laughs> we have put artificial limits between us, what we eat, the air we breathe, and the water we drink, disconnecting them from the natural cycles, believing that everything is available in a city. And at the same time, we assume mistakenly that the planet as a living space has no limits as a recipient of pollution, be it terrestrial, be it atmospheric, be it aquatic, be it marine. Nature and its ecosystems are a complex pathway that nurtures us through the solar energy captured by plants and is transformed into very valuable substances and materials that feed and shelter us. Same with oxygen that we breathe from this amazing mixture of friendly gases that compose the atmosphere. And of course, we have water, the water cycle from which we all humans depend. So yes, Lorenzo, we have enough proof that together we can accomplish great things for the benefit of the planet and humans, because this life is not about winners and losers. We can all be winners. Humans have never lived as comfortably as we live today, but somehow we have believed stories about scarcity and we have developed that scarcity mindset. In that place, in that space, other people's wins are perceived by ourselves as our losses. But why? Why have we been doing this? Because scarcity adds value to the things and marketers know this. They know that if our minds are manipulated by the idea of scarcity, we are more prone to live in survival mode and live in a state of constant buying to make that feeling go away, at least for a couple of hours. But we must unlearn what we have learned to tune our, ourselves to the abundance mind, abundance mindset. So we're going to keep talking about this after we return um, and hope to see you there, here in a couple of minutes. Bye. <laughs> America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Do you want to have control over your eating decisions, your life, and your and your family's health? Do you wish to take action that benefits the planet, humanity, and generations to come? Healthy Planet, Healthy You offers a unique opportunity to increase the public's awareness of vital environmental and health issues while sharing easy-to-apply habits that can change the world. A book you cannot miss. Find it on Amazon. Being a mom is a physical job. You need to feel your best to keep up with all the challenges of running a family and still have time for your personal health. Able Active Moms gives you practical tools and info to gain the stamina and health you need for your hectic days and beyond. Joined weekly by expert guests, host Jeremy Brown will be covering a wide range of topics, including pre- and postnatal pelvic floor and core health, getting back into fitness after childbirth, and supporting fitness for the entire family, kids to aging adults. At the end of each show, we welcome you to join us with questions and be part of the discussion. Able Active Moms, Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Healthy Planet, Healthy You with Jimena Yanez and Lorenzo Rosenzweig. Have a question for Jimena and Lorenzo or their guests? Join us on the show at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Now back to the show. Welcome back. So we were talking about the scarcity and abundance mindset. And it reminds me of a story about a Zen master that had a new student. And when the Zen master was trying to teach the new student, this student kept interrupting him saying, I already know that. 
At some point, the teacher invited the student to have tea with him and asked him to handle the teacup. The student reached for the, for the cup so the master could pour the hot water into it. But when the cup was filled, the teacher kept pouring water. So the student shouted, Master, what are you doing? The cup is already full and you're spilling the water. The teacher fixed his eyes on his student's eyes and said, the teacup is overflowing, like your mind. You won't be able to receive new knowledge until you empty your cup and forget everything you think you know. You must start seeing the world with new eyes. Open your mind, and you will open yourself to the world. I really like stories about masters because they remind me of Stoicism philosophy and one of his most notable exponents, Epictetus, a master who lived from years 55 to 135 in our current era. He explored the idea of volition, which is the capacity for choice that makes us accountable for our actions. Differently from all of the animals, we humans reflectively deal with our thoughts, our feelings, relationships, successes, or failures are all the result of how we choose to deal with our experiences. Mm -hmm. So even though you might be going through hard times, you have the choice to see the opportunity throughout what you are experiencing. You always have the choice to be a better version of yourself. And that's what this show is about. We're going to talk about possibilities for a world reaching a tipping point, a point of no return, but also a world where you can express the best version of yourself. Yes, Lorenzo, choices. Um, and it's not the situation we live in that defines us. It's how we choose to deal with that situation. And even though some, some people are have heard that we are on the verge of global catastrophe, we're here to talk about the things we can do, our capacity for choice, because I don't know, but I think we, all of us, want to do great things, and we can choose inaction, or we can choose taking action. And when we take action, we can start with the small things. So we bring to this space small and doable things, that we tell, we tell you different ways to commit to them also. The idea is to stop the self-doubt, to start believing we can be the change. We could say, Jimena, we are hope messengers, or maybe we are trying to be the best possible ancestors. Yes, I love that, hope messengers for humans and their home, the planet. But... Uh, you left me intrigued a little bit uh, with one thing you said. You just said, um, you said the world is reaching a tipping point. Can you tell me a little bit more about that concept? Of course, Jimena. This is a very interesting concept that I am hoping to review and discuss throughout next week. To understand it, think about the principle of inertia, the idea that an object will continue its current motion until some force causes its speed or direction to change. The tipping point is the point at which a series of small changes or incidents become significant enough to cause a larger, more important change. To illustrate this, imagine a train that loses its brakes while approaching a steep downhill. The tipping point is that moment in which its future will be decided. If the train manages to slow down enough before the tipping point, it will, be, it will stop and be safe. However, if it's not able to slow down before the tipping point, there will be no way to stop the train from crashing downhill. The balance of the planet and human health has several tipping points we are dangerously approaching. If we don't change the current trends, scientists believe the planet will go through a set of events that will change everything as we know it. An interesting analogy would be our health, your health. Your body is an incredible, resilient, and intelligent organism. It's always working hard to return to homeostasis, which is the perfect balance in which your body thrives when you feel real well. It works hard because, as Jimena commented earlier, the toxic load in our current way of life, we are living with a constant and 
and permanent toxic load, and it is very high. We get toxins through our skin, through the food we eat and the water we drink, and through the air we breathe as well. The main organ in the process of cleansing the body is the liver, but that is not its only function. The liver is also in charge of metabolizing fats and eliminating neurotoxins, hormones, and toxic substances like alcohol, yes, believe it or not, alcohol, medicines, and excess vitamins and minerals. So your liver is constantly working day and night. But there's also a toxicity threshold for your liver. And if you exceed the toxic load, then it will become greater than its capacity to process it. There are some medical conditions that are difficult to reverse or even stop because the liver has been severely damaged. The interesting thing is that this deterioration won't happen suddenly. It only happens as a result of a consistent and sustained accumulation. Mm -hmm. So before this happens, you will start having symptoms. The symptoms will differ from person to person, but the result will be getting sick in one or another way. The body will send you hints that something is not okay. And you have two choices in this case. One is listening and paying attention to your body's warnings, and the other one is covering the symptoms which will keep increasing the toxic load. If you don't listen to your body, you are closing yourself from the possibility of understanding it. The planet is talking to us now. It is telling us that something is not okay and that we are approaching a tipping point that might not have a returning point. For example, a couple of years ago, we had a whole continent, Australia, burning. We lost millions of animals, plants, to those fires. That incident opened our eyes to understanding a little more about the living planet. We know now that the effects of climate change will affect Australia more than the rest of the continents. Another example is the savanization of the Amazon forest. Scientists are surprised as this key part of the planet's lungs are drying up. The planet is talking to us. No, I would say it's shouting to us, wake up. These are the first symptoms before we hit the threshold. But as we have been talking, we have a choice. And there is a reason we are right now here, right here in this very moment. Let's us use our neocortex in our brain and turn these difficulties into opportunities. Yes, yes. I couldn't agree more with you, Lorenzo, because being here and now, It's no co coincidence. It means that you and I and all of us here today have a key role to play in one of the most important episodes in human history. There is a beautiful quote from Sir David Attenborough that says, there has been no species remotely clever as Homo sapiens. Let us live up to that name. So let's keep remembering that we're intelligent. We have the capacity of choice. We can make the change. We, we are the change, and we are here for a reason. So we've been reviewing some interesting points, and I see that we have a few minutes left. So I would like to recap some of the points we have been discussing through the show. So the first one is we're here to help you. So feel free to reach out to us with, with questions and comments about your health and the environment. This program is for you to meet your needs and help you in your personal journey to become, as Lorenzo said, the best version of yourself. So number two, we're here to tell you what's happening, but also to tell you that there is still hope and you already are the person. You have been waiting to make a change. So you're the person that can make that change. There have been some great examples of cooperation in the last years, so we know we can do it. Number three, you can always return to the lake visual, for example, where the pebble is your dream and you are the first ripple. You are meant for great things. All of us are meant for great things. So just keep believing you are. Number four, empty your mind. Let your mind be a recipient of the things you, you knew things. Let go of the things you think you knew. Create the space to receive new knowledge, to create an abundance mindset. We're all winners, actually. So remember that one of the things that makes us human 
is the ability to choose. Number five is your health and the planet's uh, condition are deeply related. We cannot be healthy if our environment is toxic. So we need to take care of our take care of our home, and in doing that, we're taking care of ourselves. And this is an expression of self love. We need more self love. And number six, there are some planetary boundaries we're approaching really fast, and we'll talk more about this concept next week. Well said, Jimena. I think you catch the essence of this week's takeaway. I'm looking forward to our next conversation to review how far we are pushing the planetary boundaries to the limit. Mm -hmm. But we will also talk about the simple things we can do as individuals, families, and communities to change the trends. We will be also talking about population, how we have reached recently 8 billion people, and, and how that impacts our environment, our planet, and our health. Yes, Lorenzo, um, I'm really thrilled about it. Um, you will said we have reached already 8 billion people, which is, you know, <laughs> that population is, is a lot. So we have to learn how to deal with the planet and live in harmony with the planet. Yeah, and, and the interesting fact here is that not too long ago, Let's let's look at look at these figures. Back in 1802, the world had one billion people. Uh, in 1927, 125 years later, it doubled it to two billion. And then, just 20 something years after that, it became three billion. And in in 1974, we became four billion. So so this is a, this is this significant fact tells us that we have to be extra careful how we manage resources and how we make um, um, all of the adjustments in our daily life so that we can remain healthy and our planet can remain healthy. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm so excited about our next conversation. Um, so thank you, Lorenzo. You're always an inspiration to me. I learned so much just listening to you. Uh, every day, every day we talk, I learn something new. So don't forget, this coming Saturday is Earth Day. So let's keep celebrating our home. Let's keep uh, doing things to, to bring a better planet to future generations. Thank you for tuning in and joining us in casual conversations about health and nature. Healthy planet, healthy you. Nos vemos la próxima semana. We hope you join us next week. Hasta la próxima. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Healthy Planet, Healthy You with Jimena Yanez and Lorenzo Rosenzweig. We hope you've learned something new today that can help you in your life and how to make this a better planet. Until next time, have a healthy and regenerative week.